Emily. Thank you so you much doing? for having me. Not a problem. Thank you for coming. I was I wasn't as nervous this time asking you for the interview than I was last time I interviewed you. Because <laughs> I, I remember you saying, Don't be nervous. There's nothing to be nervous about. And I was like, I, I don't know though. <laughs> Oh, well, my goodness, I'm so happy that you reached out to me and uh, yeah, I dressed up as Micah Bell for you this time to make you feel uh, a little more perfect timing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Amazing. I've had this long, long hair and I always pull it back and I thought, I want to see what it, I honestly didn't know what it was going to look like myself because I, I don't <laughs> ever just let it dangle like this, but I've got so much daggone hair, I look like a dog or something, kind of, don't I? <laughs> and it's straight. It's so straight. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I love it. So <laughs> I wanted this interview to be a bit more, um, obviously, I asked you a lot of questions about Red Dead in my visible interview, but this time it's more like about the con upcoming. Um, so is this going to be your first con back? Um, um, well, I think there are a couple possible ones before that, but here in the States, there's one um, that, that is scheduled for July, I think, in cool. Indiana, which is where I live, um, which would be great to be able to get to because, it'll, you know, I'll just drive up the road and I'm there. But um, I don't know if it's, if it's not time yet, then it won't be time yet. But so hopefully by July we'll we'll all feel safe enough and, and be able to get going again but um it will be one of the first ones back i cannot wait i can't wait i've been researching scotland i was about Just, to say have you been have you been to scotland no no i've never wow. been europe, actually I, I was in europe to get to kuwait flew from the states to uh turkey istanbul and then from there on to kuwait wow. <laughs> I've been in an airport in Europe, but I've never been in Europe. I'm so excited. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm still devastated by Birmingham, though. That was so sad because <laughs> I had everything planned, all ready to go. All my friends were, were all going to meet up, and then it was like, no. I know. You know, I guess the thing is, it's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, def definitely tough to catch news that you're not going to be able to, to, everybody enjoys these conventions. I mean, they're fun for literally everyone. And when they can't happen, it's, it is heartbreaking. But that may or may not be gone for good. We may be able to still make that happen one way or another. Now, I'm not saying that I will be in Birmingham, but um they didn't cancel. They didn't cancel us. They just postponed us. I yes. guess as far as being guests there, mm -hmm. so we we may or may not be able to make it there as well. I hope so. I hope we can. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like hearing that it was Edinburgh as well. That was like that's even closer to me than what Glasgow is. So I was just yes. <laughs> I was so I was so relieved. <laughs> so. <laughs> Go what ahead. were you saying, sorry? No, go ahead. I don't even know what I was going to say there. <laughs> oh, well, so this is, this is, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the people at Rockstar Games are British. A lot yeah. of the director is British. Um, a lot of the people that work there are British. And we had a conversation uh, one of the times that I was there working. I don't know how it even came up, but um, where I live, 
in Indiana, I've got to drive 15 minutes to get to work. And, and, and so, I mean, you know, it's like I live kind of in the country and there's just not a whole lot between, you know, where I live and where I work. So it's like a 15 mile, 15 minute drive, whatever. But then we take off from there and go do whatever work we do, wherever it is. And sometimes it's right around the corner and sometimes it's an hour and a half away, whatever. But I was explaining this to our director one of the times I was there shooting and he said, that's, that's a lot of, of traveling, you know, mm -hmm. when you live in Europe, you don't really go that far. You don't travel that far on a regular basis. And he was explaining to me, you know, that people would say, yeah, I went all the way to wherever today. And if they're in a pub or something and everybody kind of looks and says, you did, you know, but it's like 20 miles away. <laughs> it's kind of like, a, yeah, it's not common to travel very far, which I guess is convenient. If you don't have to, why would you? But yeah, it's uh, like with me, I've been to like a couple of cons in, um, in London and things like that. And like overall the travel, it's only like, well, it's five hours, so it's pretty far away. But um, I went on a, tw a 20, no, 12 hour bus ride from Edinburgh to London to go to a con. <laughs> um, yeah. I <laughs> 12 hours. Yeah. I, oh like, I left at like 11 o'clock at night, got there at seven in the morning, made it, went straight to the con and it went home again. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's great. I hope it was worth your time. I hope you had a really Oh, really definitely. <laughs> I love it. Well, I don't know, like, I because I've never been to London, I, I guess that, like, if, if I get to the airport and then I need to get on a train or something, and am I going to be able to figure that out? Or am I going to take a train all the way to London when I'm supposed to be going? <laughs> what? I guess it's probably pretty easy to figure it out, isn't it? Well... I was, when I first went to London, I did the really stupid thing and got taxis everywhere. And that was so expensive. Like it never hit me how expensive it would be. And then um, I was like, oh, because the tubes are so complicated. I don't understand. But eventually I just looked up on Google Maps where to go. And it told me exactly what tube to get, where to go. And I'm like, yes, technology is working. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I guess it's one of those things if you're not familiar with it, or me anyway, if I don't know where I am, I'm almost certain that I'm going to make the wrong decision and send myself to the wrong place. Yeah. But it's usually, I guess it is pretty well spelled out for you, especially on Google maps. They, they even tell you where to walk. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure I'll figure it out. I got lost walking home today, like just through our park that I normally walk through. And I was like, um, what street am I on? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's why I use the Google maps. <laughs> That's so great. I love it. It's literally, I, you are three minutes away. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, I guess you can get turned around pretty easy if you're in a park. I don't know. Are there a lot of woods and trails and stuff or is it? Well, it was, um, it's cause me and my mom and my stepdad were walking the dog and then we were just following the street and then it kind of went off onto the grass and not following a path. So I got really confused <sighs> and then I left them at the pub to come back and get ready for the interview. And I was like, what way did we go? I can't even remember. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's just my sense of direction. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on which way I'm facing, but sometimes I was in New York 
uh, in New York City. And the way that city is laid out, it's it's almost impossible to get lost because it's all just squares. And mm -hmm. the way that it, but I, I did, I got lost and my phone said, walk north or whatever. And so I started walking and I wasn't going north and it kept turning me around. I stood on these four corners for about an hour trying to figure out where in the world I was supposed to go. I was frustrated thinking, I'm holding a phone in my hand telling me where to go and I still can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm, I'm just sharing. I guess people by now probably know that with technology, I, I just don't have a chance. I'm one of those people that just doesn't have a chance. <laughs> I'm never, I'm not going to get it right. I'm not. And I'm, whatever. <laughs> well, I remember you saying that even now you're not a gamer. And I, but I remember you putting on Instagram the other day that you were playing Red Dead. And I was like, oh, he's changed. He's gone to the dark side. <laughs> oh, no, I did have so much fun. I played the first chapter and that was, uh, I don't know if it was a couple months ago or when, I, not, not too far ago, um, but we got snowed out of work. And there was so much snow on the ground that I couldn't even do anything at home. I couldn't, oh. I just was kind of stuck. Like, um, so that's what it took for me to even have an opportunity to sit down and try to play. It's not that I don't have interest. It's because I have no time, a regular job and I have a wife and twin nine-year-old boys <laughs> who are like tornadoes and they're awesome, but you know, they're like, you can't, there's no way that I just can sit down and play a video game, especially, yeah. I mean, you know, I think our kids would be okay to see the stuff that you see in Red Dead Redemption mm -hmm. or two or whatever, but it's just kind of like, it might be kind of weird. Anyway, I, I finally <laughs> had that opportunity where there was nothing else that I could do. And so I got to play and it was really, really awesome. So and we got through the first chapter. But so I got time. I got time to play later. Awesome. You know, yeah. What is somebody was saying to me the other day is, is it weird that um, when you were asked to go back to um, Red Dead Redemption 2, were you kind of weirded out that it wasn't centered around John Marston? It was kind of like around a completely different character or were you kind of really welcome to that or? Well, no, I thought I loved it. I mean, I thought it was great. I I was just really um, so happy to be to be asked back in the first place because spoiler. I don't know if you still need to do a spoiler alert for that long ago, but I just didn't know. I didn't know how they could move forward with John Larson. Yeah. So um, we had a lot of conversations over the phone and a lot of emails back and forth before all this actually came to fruition, I guess, as, as far as shooting it goes. But I, so I didn't go there and just show up on the first day and find out that John wasn't the playable character, but um, it was, it was very cool to watch um, someone else play the role of the playable character. And it was so cool to watch Roger as talented as he is. Mm -hmm. I swear, I mean, I, I know that I've said this so many times, but the truth is you sat, I sat there and watched him and I thought, you act like you've done this for 20 years. Yeah. It's, it was amazing. And it was really, it was, it was very educational for me to, I, I watched him do things that made me better. Absolutely. 
And it was it was just kind of funny because I thought, I've already done that. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had seen him do all of his work before I ever did mine in Red Dead Redemption. I would it, it would have been better. I would have been yeah. more. But um, it was great and it was very entertaining. You know, that's that's the other aspect of it that I think a lot of people don't realize is that because you're doing performance capture, you're in the same room with everyone and and you're watching people act. And, and so you it's like going to school, almost like being in a class because yeah, you're yeah. learning mm -hmm. as you go. And it was it was fascinating and so fun and really a great experience that's so good um another thing i was wondering when you obviously there is a lot of emotional stuff in this game like i i just played it it's my eighth playthrough and the ending still gets me every single time was there a moment in particular while you were shooting where you felt really emotional or was there where you kind of like i know this is this is my job this is just what i need to do i need to get on with it are we just like, no, I can't handle this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that the ending, like you were just talking about how it gets you every time, that was a combination of, so we don't, when we get the script for these games, we don't get the entire script at once. We get it in yep. sections. And those sections usually aren't in order. So it's really hard to know exactly what the story is because it, it just doesn't, you don't have it. You don't have the story until you've shot enough towards the end of production where you can kind of piece it all together and, and think, like, I think this is what's going on. I mean, it's really like that. You don't know exactly what's going on. But so the the scene, the end of the game, and I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want a chance spoiling anything <laughs> for anyone, but that moment that scene was shot that was the very last scene that we did on the performance capture side of things we did some stuff in the sound booth afterwards but as far as performance capture goes that was it and it was not i didn't work for five years but a lot of people i think roger worked for five years yeah. um and of course all of the rock star people who had been working on this game for years before any of us knew that it even existed or was going to possibly be a thing they all kind of gathered on the stage oh. isn't normal i mean most of the time these people were up in their own offices doing different things that are in the same building a lot of them but uh never on stage so during that scene there were there were so many people out there that worked for rockstar knowing that this is this is this part of the game also this is this part of production which is like a big finale for a lot of people and wow it was, and I'm, I'm starting to get kind of emotional talking about I'm it. emotional hearing it. <laughs> oh my goodness, I want to tell you, and I asked our director too, several times, uh, how, how emotional is John right here? Because I, I really honestly, I thought I'm going to cry. <laughs> Rob, I am going to cry. And if John is, then I can make that look yeah. real natural because i'm going to anyway but if he finally realized what it was i was asking him he said john marston does not cry <laughs> i thought okay all right i get it i knew that anyway but yeah oh my that was it was so emotional there were a lot of other things that were 
kind of emotional uh, as well, but in a different way, obviously. But uh, Callie Moore, who played Abigail Marston yes. in Red Dead Redemption 2, who's so great. Uh, she's married to Matt, her husband, Matt, who's a really great guy. And then I, I am married also, my wife, Taylor. Um, but that proposal scene between John and Abigail out on the boat, that was something that we I thought, oh my goodness, I'm getting choked up again because this is, I didn't propose to my wife that way, but just that, you know, trying to make it as real as possible. It gave me a lot of memories of when I did propose to my wife and I did cry like a baby then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm kind of a crier. I'm kind of a crier in real life, but only when I'm happy, I guess. Anyway, uh, so yeah, there were a lot of, I guess, fun and emotional things. Not all of them really devastating, but, you know, yeah. so just happy, like, gosh, this is just a great moment, you know? Yeah. So, I guess, um, obviously, that would have been, like, the last scene of you doing your performance capture. But at the same time, it's kind of like you're saying goodbye to each other in real life as well, because it's like, We've also been working together for five years and now it's kind of like, well, I need to go and do my own other thing now. So a ticket that has that other emotional hit as well. It was, uh, you know, I guess the thing is, <laughs> yeah, with, with Roger, for sure, it was, we knew that we were going to remain friends. I mean, we're, we're oh, actually absolutely. friends mm -hmm. and we still are. And, and there's a big portion of the people that that worked on the game that still interact on a daily basis i mean we have a we have a chain where we text each other and i don't know how many people are even on it but um on a daily basis we're cracking jokes and uh you know somebody will somebody will book a job and we all celebrate that or you know whatever's going on we all stay in touch which is great so i can't say that i knew roger and i weren't going to be friends anymore because that wasn't how either oh, no, no. I know that's not what you're saying, but but so the people who did know the the rock star side of production, the people that did know more of okay, this is what the story is from the beginning to the end, and and the process that it took over that amount of time to get all that material captured, and not just captured, but at the level that they like to the quality of the performance and, and everything it was it was pretty overwhelming for a lot of them knowing the mountain that they had to climb and yeah. you know you get halfway up and, and it doesn't feel like you're any closer to the top and, and then you get three quarters of the way up and it's still you still got this mm -hmm. much more work to do and then finally at that moment when they thought this part of this production is now complete finally it was a huge huge accomplishment by all the people from rockstar and they all i wish i wish that everyone could see how these people work together and help each other and encourage each other it's it's one of the most fascinating i've never seen it anywhere else i've had a lot of different jobs um and it's just the atmosphere that they have there is is incredible and if everybody if every company operated like rockstar does there would be so much progress <laughs> it's just there's just too much politics and cutthroat and whatever this and that and, and businesses where it makes it difficult for anybody to really get anything done i think but mm -hmm. there 
oh my gosh it's it's like a really well-oiled machine and for for all of them to have that moment at the end there and to really appreciate it together that was awesome too they earned it they all earned oh absolutely it. yeah so I was speaking to Steve the other day, Steve J. Palmer, and we were talking about like the routines and things that you guys had, like your little onset rituals. And he was telling me stories about you smoking your con continuous cigarettes and your diet coke. That was your that was your thing. So was there anything else that you did to prepare yourself before going on onto the stage or? Oh goodness. Well, I you know, I did think that I didn't realize I was doing. I didn't. So I, I would pace a lot, you know, in between takes, I would pace because it, I guess it made me help remember my lines and, and, and try to work through the instructions I was given as far as how the scene's going to look and what, what I need to do physically throughout the scenes while I'm saying my lines that if you don't do that every day, it can be kind of a lot to absorb, mm -hmm. I think that, you know, through the process, I got more and more comfortable with it, but I, I started doing things that I was unaware of that mm -hmm. people later I recognized were making fun of me for doing, which was awesome because <laughs> just the, the relationship we all had with each other was great. But I would, uh, I would pop my knees, standing there, I would pop. And so I don't know, that was just kind of like a nervous thing I would do, I guess. Um, there, there was a time where I just didn't have the energy that I needed to have for John to be the situation, whatever it was. And so mm -hmm. the director, we did a couple of takes and finally the director said, are you tired? Are you tired? What's going on with you? You know, and I thought, no, I'm not, I don't know. And he said, jump up and down, just jump up and down for a little while. You need to get your energy. So I didn't ever want that to happen again. So I started before every scene, just standing there, jumping up and <laughs> down. like all right i'm not i know what i need to do i know where i need my energy level to be and so yeah i mean every now and then i would see someone like walk in circles and uh then stop and crack their knees and then start jumping up and down and i would look over and i would think man you're making you're making fun of me right in front of me <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun but yeah i mean um just i, I don't know i know that alex McKenna, who played Sadie Adler, she and I had a funny thing where when we would get into our bounty hunting missions and uh, do all that really fun, cool stuff, we would get a scene done and then we would do this real goofy dance when they decided to select <laughs> one. <laughs> and I don't think that we ever really even talked about it. I mean, we would laugh about it, but it wasn't like, oh, we got it. Let's dance. We just kind of started doing it one day and then it yeah. became where. <laughs> so much fun so so much fun <laughs> oh so <laughs> back to what we were saying before and you kind of mentioned this so what obviously you wanted to cry a lot during like the scenes and stuff but you said that John wasn't like almost wasn't allowed to so do you think John's a kind of emotionally vulnerable person or he's just trying to kind of push everything back is he a bottler I don't know yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how anyone that lived 
John's life could be real emotionally stable just from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Orphanage, then running away, then growing up with a gang, which, you know, they, they were family to him. And he definitely felt that that being a part of a group and that comfort of that, which everyone needs, whatever. But the stuff that he experienced, uh, you know, through that life, mm-hmm. it would be tough to it would be tough to expect anyone to really to really be all there, you know, and be real mm-hmm. stable. But I think, too, John was, uh, you know, he was, I think, jealous of Arthur and really wanted to. He wanted that same respect from everyone, yeah. all of his peers, I guess, that that he saw Arthur get and he, could, he hadn't earned it yet. So I think that was frustrating for him for a long time. And uh, I think. Probably, you know, like in real life, when people are are frustrated or maybe uh, lacking something in their life, they act out, and um, maybe that's part of it too. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah. not you've got this, uh, and you don't know what to do with it, and you push it on to someone else because what do you do with it? You don't know how to handle it, and so um, it's unfortunate. But I think he, I think he grew out of that. I think, I hope, part of it. Um, this is like, this just came into my head, but I'm just thinking as you're speaking now, I was just, I was thinking, was Rip Van Winkle improvised? <laughs> no, you know, the thing about that, and this is the truth, this is the truth, and it's kind of funny, but there, you know, because I live in Indiana and would travel back and forth from New York to Indiana, whatever, there were, there were a couple things performance capture wise that I didn't I didn't do the performance capture for I did the voiceover in the sound booth afterwards and that was one of them so when they did that scene I actually wasn't even there oh my god but I saw it of course I saw it in the in the sound booth they had a screen and they said okay all you got to say right here is Rip Van Winkle so That's really about about what I knew about that too. I didn't know, and I was like Rip Van Winkle, and they said, "Yeah, just say it." Oh my god! <laughs> it turns out to be one of the things that I love to hear about, and I think people celebrate a lot. But I really, I said the words, but that's not, that wasn't me. I don't. <laughs> it does sound like one of those lines where it's just like, "Quick, say a name now," <laughs> and you're like, "This." <laughs> no. no. No, I'm not that witty. I would have said something stupid probably, but that that is funny. I love it. The people love that so much. But I'll tell you this, this is something that most people don't know, probably. And I think maybe the reason I wasn't there, and I've forgotten about this myself, but I do construction work. And Mm -hmm. um, throughout the whole process of, of traveling back and forth, on the weeks that I was home, I would work for my brother-in-law doing construction work, primarily concrete, but we do whatever. I still work there. I still enjoy it. Um, but we were we were using a skid loader and uh, we were drilling holes because, you know, like if you, if you see on the side of a building where there's a garage door where a lot of deliveries are made, there are those pipes that stick out of the ground. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've ever really seen them or thought much about them, but those things those if you're gonna back into a door you're gonna ruin the door but you back into that pipe and that can be replaced a lot a lot more easily and probably 
less expensive, whatever. So we were putting a bunch of those in and I got run over by the skid loader. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and I, I swear it was the craziest thing. It just, it happened so fast and I don't know, it was probably my fault. Let's just say it was my fault, but I got pinned underneath this skid loader and it had these tracks on it. And he almost ran all the way over me because he didn't know that he had hit me until I reached up and slapped the door on the front of the thing. Oh my God. He's like, hey! Oh my God. Well, so, so I had this thing, I don't know how much those things weigh, but that thing didn't budge when it hit me and it was on my foot and almost, if he'd gone another inch, it would have broken my leg. There's no question. Oh my God. But he backed it off of me and um, I, I didn't know for sure right away, but I thought, I think my foot's probably broken. <laughs> um, eventually that day I went to the hospital and found out, yeah, your foot's broken. And so I had surgery and I had a screw put in my foot to screw this bone back to where it needed to be. And so that was like, I don't even know what part, maybe right in the middle of, mm-hmm. of shooting Red Dead Redemption 2. So I was gone. I was actually gone for eight months probably because... Wow. I could have I could have used my voice, but the performance capture, I have to walk and, and you can't, you know, have John just limping all of a sudden out of nowhere with no explanation. So <laughs> that may have been the time when they did Rip Van Winkle and that may not. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I wasn't there because I got run over by a skid loader. <laughs> oh my I think it would have made that scene a lot more special when you're like Rip Van Winkle and you can't even stand up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, maybe I'll make an Instagram video of it or something and we can share that. Oh, good. (laughs) A big cast on your foot. (laughs) Crazy. Oh my. Yeah. Um, I completely lost track of thought there. I'm sorry, I just went out on a tangent. No, it's so odd. That was amazing. <laughs> um, so, oh my God, I'm so professional. I have so much in my head. Yeah. No, great. This is really, I'm enjoying this. And I'm just seeing myself again now. I've been looking at the camera this entire time and not, but now I look at myself and I think, Dad, gone, man. Don't ever do that again. Look at that hair. It's crazy. <laughs> And it's so hot in the chicken coop. I feel like it's a thousand degrees. I don't know how, like your hair, your hair is down. And when it's hot outside, how do you do that? It's so hot. I, it is, <laughs> well, it was freezing earlier. And as soon as I got in the house and put all the heating on, now, because my ring light's on as well, I'm like feeling it. And I'm like, it is roasting. It's hot. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely need my haircut as well. I feel you there, hundred percent. Yeah, I just I've never had long, long hair like this, and I figured, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Also, I'm going bald, I think. So if if I ever wanted to do this in my life, I had to do it now. Do before, it now. Before I can't do it anymore. I think I'm getting a little thin back here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about this actor, but um, Troy Baker, he's in his 40s and he's just had a son and everything. And he's like, one day just went, oh, fuck it. And he's got this big mohawk now and it's like back there and he's got it all shaved and it looks so amazing. I'm like, wow, you're in your 40s and you're rocking a mohawk. That's just amazing to me. I love that. I love it. You know, 
I got to check that out. I'm sure it looks great. That's awesome. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, I guess it's one of those things where, um, for me too, I do construction work. So it's not like I have to really look presentable there. No. All I have to do is work hard, keep my mouth shut and work hard. And I'm then I'm doing what my boss probably wants me to do most, right? And I don't think he cares if I have long hair or not. But <laughs> the other thing is, even if I'm acting, the work that I've gotten that has gotten any recognition really is through video game, John Marston. So, um, and, and, you know, you don't, I could be bald myself and then John could have whatever hair you give it. So yeah, exactly. I, I don't have to, uh, I don't have to cut my hair. There's nobody telling me that I should, you know, like, mm -hmm. eh, whatever. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> um, oh my God. Honestly, what is wrong with me today? I think I'm just really tired. <laughs> well, no, I think you're great. I, I think that uh, it, you asked me a question and I answered part of it and then I just start talking about something. A total like, tangent. <laughs> I'm talking about hair. I'm, I'm, you didn't ask me about that. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. <laughs> I'll try to keep it together. So when you were shooting, was there a moment where it kind of hit you like, oh my God, this is probably gonna be the last time I see John again. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, there were, there were times where I thought this, this is actually the end of it. And I was wrong. I, mm -hmm. they, the, the way they do this stuff is they, uh, and, and I shouldn't say that this is the way it is every time because I don't know, but they, they, are done with everything and then they they have testers come in and they have um all the stuff that they do on the technical side of it which i i can't try to explain because i don't understand it so it would be silly for me to try to explain it but they find things that maybe need something added to or something taken away from you know whatever and uh if there's something that needs added or or whatever the case may be, then we'll come back and they, I think they call it a glue shoot where you've got all these little pieces and you've got to just glue them all together. And so you think that you're done and you think that you're done. And then all of a sudden you're back again, which, yeah. which puts everybody loves. Oh, we're going to do it some more. That's awesome. I can't wait to get back. But um, I think that the, the shoot that we did that I was talking about earlier the finale, whatever we did, we did everything that we never went back in after that. So that, that actually was the last, the very last piece, at least I didn't. And I don't think Roger did either. Other people may have gone back to do this and that, whatever, but that was it. It was a lot, a lot of emotional, oh. fun, cool people. Just it, I think too, and I know I said this already, but for the rock star people to be as talented and as cool as they are, it was really cool to see them celebrate. Yeah. It was really, really cool. If you could ask John one question, what would it be? <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What'd you eat? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh my goodness. Oh, 
I think, I guess the, the difficult thing is, I mean, you know, John, and obviously his, his character is, is well developed by um, the cutscenes and whatever's going on in the game that the player doesn't have control over. But a lot of it, uh, John is who you make John be, the person playing the game, right? As far as what what's John interested in? Does John want to go pick flowers? Does John want to go take pictures? Does John want to, what does he want to do? You know, so I guess as far as, you know, what, what I would be interested in knowing about John, the, based off of the stuff that everyone knows about John is, um, you know, John definitely changed when he left the game and decided that he wanted to just focus in on being a husband and a father and and living more of a straight life, you know, when he, yeah, he really grew up. Yeah. Um, I would I guess I would I would wonder, you know, why what took you so long? You yeah. had this was coming. Mm -hmm. What took you so long? That's well, <laughs> oh that's really nice uh, do you know what made John leave for that year that everyone was talking about do you know why he left or if there was a real reason behind it I don't know why I don't know wow. why he left. and uh I think that I asked about that I also I did I know for sure I asked one time about John's daughter because if you play Red Dead Redemption there's a conversation that John has with Bonnie McFarland where he kind of explains to her who he is and what he's doing. And during that conversation, he mentions that he had a daughter, but she died. And then so then we're doing a prequel. And there's Jack. There's young Jack, uh, but still no daughter. So I said, where's the daughter? What? He had a daughter, right? And I, I said the scene again and uh, reminded of him what I was talking about. And they said, yeah, she died. <laughs> I know. How did she die? Where is she? And they said, yeah, she died. That was the answer I got. So I don't know. I don't know anymore, but I did ask that question and that's all I got. So I don't know. So the game has such a huge connection with fans. I've got to say I've played it so many times. And the last conversation I had with you on the phone, I even got choked up telling you about it. And you're like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, fine. <laughs> but um, how does it make you feel like when a fan walks up to you and just says, this is how much this game means to me. It's how much it helps me. And it's your guys' performances that have helped me. How does that make you feel as an actor and as a person? Oh my goodness. I, I, I think... Um... Well, so for one thing, <coughs> excuse me, um, when you're when you're working on a game that is like Red Dead Redemption, any part of the series where it's like this rough cowboy, tough guy, all this fun, uh, some funny, but, you know, usually just like really intense stuff that you're working mm -hmm. on. I don't know that you ever kind of think like this this work that we're doing right now is going to help someone get through a tough time in their life it just doesn't really it doesn't seem like mm -hmm. it was never something that entered my mind so um when when I started hearing people tell me that and I've heard so many people tell me that at this point I'm, I'm so happy that I could have been I was part of something that helped th someone through a difficult time not only because I can see on that person's face that they're they're telling me the truth, that it's a genuine 
something that someone's sharing with me. I appreciate the fact they're sharing it with me, but I also recognize that they're they're not lying. It really did help them. Yeah, absolutely. So I love that. But I also, you know, everyone, we all go through things in our life. All of us do. So I can think, you know, tough times in my life, what it was that I did to get through them or maybe escape from that reality, read a book or whatever it was. And I know how much I appreciated having those options in my life during those times. And so it's really, um, I think it's, I think it's so cool to have been part of something like that. Like I said before, that, that people were able to use as a crutch or, you know, however you want to define it. But, um, also, I, I just think it's really cool that people are willing to share that with me because that's that's some pretty emotional stuff. I know I know because I've experienced it myself and I don't know. I don't know if I would have the guts to go up to someone and say, hey, you're not aware of this, but I just want to let you know. Thank you. Because and I think that I, I don't know if I would have the guts to do that. So I appreciate it for so many different reasons. And I'm so happy that it was an option for people to use this game as an escape. I love that, love it. Yeah, the game is so vast. I think um, the reason why I find it so helpful to me was like, it could be something simple. Like if I'm really stressed, I could just go home, put my headphones on and just listen to Arthur slowly burst into song while we fighting his horse. I'm like, oh, this is what I needed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or like so hearing a story around the campfire or singing along to Ring Dang Do. Like, that's what I need when I'm feeling down. <laughs> I love that. I love it so much. It's It really, I think the way that they're able to tell a story it, it, and also allow the player to, to create the story, his or herself, while they're playing the game. I mean, you have so many things that you can do to help write this story that you're yeah. that you're experiencing so it becomes it becomes something more you know than than watching a movie or reading a book i mean you have you have creative control in this whole yeah. process of playing this game and i i don't know i mean i don't know how writers and they they have this vision and they understand it in their head somehow before they get it down on paper and how and before they piece it all together with the action and you know the I don't it's it's genius it's brilliance mm -hmm. and, and thank god we all get to experience it, it is, yeah I think a lot of people would call me heartless when I say this but like I I find it really hard to cry at movies and things like that but when it comes to games I'm like floodgates open <laughs> I'm, I need therapy <laughs> I need help <laughs> well you you helped create that story though i think you know i mean it becomes yeah. because you're able to make so many different choices it's it's mm -hmm. really when when and you're so comfortable because i think you just become so comfortable with with being uh arthur morgan or john marston or whatever game that you're playing you know what i mean mm -hmm. that when that's taken away from you it's a part of you that's being taken yeah. away. So it's it's not just uh, it's not just watching a movie and seeing something happen that you disagree with. You didn't you watched the entire movie. You didn't contribute. You know. Yeah. You you were part of that. So I think I think I get what you're saying. I think maybe that's a reason why. I don't think you're heartless. 
I hope not. <laughs> I couldn't do the job I was doing if I was heartless. Oh my God. Yes, please let everyone know how much of an angel you are on uh, your job when you're not doing this and you're taking care of people. You should be um, proud of that. Yeah, I'm a care assistant for elderly people with dementia. Yes. Angel. I mean, an angel. I don't know if you knew this, but my children, both of our boys are autistic. And so okay. there have been a lot of people in our lives that have been therapists for this or that or whatever aspect of, of what's going on. When they go to school, they go to a mainstream school, but they go to a special education room. Yeah. The people, it's, it is, I don't know if like like what you do and what people that help take care of special needs people. I don't know if you fully understand the appreciation that the family members have for you and the work that you do and the care that you provide. You you have to know you are literally an angel to all of them. And thank you so much. It's just, it's, you've just got a huge heart and thank you for thank sharing. You. That genuinely means the world to me, especially hearing about your sons. Cause um, this is me getting a bit personal here, but I'm not afraid to share this kind of stuff, but I'm, I'm dyspraxic. So I'm somewhat on the spectrum and I struggle with these kind of things. But recently I've been having a lot of sensory overloads. I've been struggling a lot with socialization. So I've looked into getting assessed for autism and I'm not saying it's going to change anything it won't change anything about me or anything it's just kind of naming the monster that's kind of been annoying me for so long <laughs> so yeah, yeah like I yeah I can completely sympathize with that and you know I completely understand well I hope that you find the answers that you're looking for if you do decide to do that and um you know what it's it's just kind of a thing what what I've recognized by having children with special needs is that, okay, they're different. They're, they're a little bit different than other kids who are mainstream, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so it's made me uh, more sympathetic to things that maybe I just didn't recognize at all before because I, I didn't, I wish I had, but mm -hmm. now I do. So I'm more sympathetic, but it also has made me realize that uh, there's a lot of stuff about me it's really probably really weird, but there's no label for it. But I'm, yeah, weird. I'm, I'm weird, just like some, every one of us is different <laughs> in whatever way. Every one of us has a level of insecurity and all the different things. So it's, um, it just kind of makes me recognize that, you know, this, we have, we have an opportunity and um, thank God we have an opportunity to, Take care of each other. Absolutely. To each other and enjoy each other and include each other and all of the things that that we all want. We can provide that for everyone. And I hope that people do. I know that yeah. you do. And I love it. I love it. That's the thing. I, I've told you about this thing that I'm working on for you, Alex and Roger. And it's a very communicative thing. And I just didn't realize how amazing. Like, I know this community is amazing. It's right there in front of us. We know how amazing it is. But to have contact with everybody and they're sharing their work and what they do. And it's just amazing. And the fact that you guys basically created what this is, it's just amazing. And I just can't thank you guys enough. It's just amazing. 
so happy. I'm so happy. You know, the, the community, like you're saying, not only very talented and people willing to share their talent, but people are so cool to each other within this community. And, and that that is awesome. It could be very different and it could be a lot of, oh, I wish I didn't read that or see that or whatever. But people Yeah, I love drama. People are cool. I love that. Hang out. Be cool. Enjoy your life. Let people enjoy their lives too. It doesn't take anything away from you if someone else is happy. I, love, I mean, that's people seem to get it. And I think that that's really yeah. cool. I think it's awesome that you've got people's artwork in your chicken coop, like fans' artwork. It's incredible. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. I love it so much. And I, and I, th I think it's so funny too that you like just casually, you've got people's artwork in your chicken coop. Like the fact that I'm in a chicken coop is so outrageous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's the coolest chicken coop in the world. I promise you, I love it so much. I love it. And I'm surrounded by just really, really cool stuff. I love it. It's so fun. Well, I am so excited to meet you in October and I know there's so many people out there that really want to say hi and things. I'm excited to get this thing out to you and yeah, to chat to you and just get to know you better. It'd be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, and I can't wait. And I know that Roger and Alex feel the same way. We love you. We appreciate what you're doing. And it's going to be so much fun. I mean, it's going to be so much fun. So everyone out there, please, Come join us and uh, it's we're going to party. We're going to be partying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Well, thank you so much again for having me on, too, as well. It's been great to catch up with you. And yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much. It was so much fun. Sorry I was a bit, like, all over the place. But I thought I was going to be a bit more prepared, but <laughs> clearly I wasn't. No, no, you were great. You were, you were great. This is more, this way is way more comfortable for me. And uh, it's probably, if anything knocked you off your game, it's because I, I tend to uh, go off on tangents, but I like conversational stuff. That's what this felt like to me. And I, and I really appreciate you hanging out again. Thank you so much for having me on.